Welcome back to the Deliberate Leaders Podcast. I am your host and executive business coach, Allison Dunn. Our topic today is how to leverage your factor. Our guest is Darnielle Harmon, who is a powerhouse entrepreneur with a passion for empowering other business professionals, leveraging her unique expertise honed during a rapid rise in her corporate career from entry-level representative to vice president in just three years. She now helps others break through their own barriers. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. My pleasure. I love to kick these off with a deliberate conversation. Um, What would be your number one leadership tip for our listeners today? My biggest tip for leaders today is to decide to be a leader. I think leadership is sometimes a catch-all and it's misunderstood. And as a result, we don't exactly understand the significance and the importance of it. In the work that I do today, working primarily with small business owners that want to get to the million dollar mark, one of the biggest barriers we see is Mm -hmm. actually being a leader. So I define a leader as a person who's worth following. And so I want you to be conscious. I want you to make a choice and make a decision to decide to be someone that your team will follow so that they can show up fully. They can be fully engaged with your mission and the work that it is that you do so that you can see the results that you have and desire for your life, for your career, for your business actually show up because other people are following your lead and doing what they've watched you do. And they're doing it with excitement. And as a result of that, you're, you're seeing everything that you want truly come into be. Love that tip. Thank you very much. I'd love to just uh, take a few moments and focus on you. So um, can you share your own transition from the corporate world to becoming a successful entrepreneur? How did, yeah, what did it, it look was, like for, yeah, for your experience? It was an interesting journey. Like just, I, and I would tell anybody, don't do what I did. So I literally woke up in late 2004, walked into my boss's office. Well, maybe not quite. I got dressed first, but I walked into my boss's office and quit my job. I did not have a plan. I just knew in my heart, in my spirit, in my gut that I was no longer meant to sit behind someone else's desk. And while I wasn't sure what that would lead to, I was willing to take the chance on myself because I believe that I can do anything that I put my mind to. And I literally quit with no plan. And then within a few months, I decided, okay, I've got this Mary Kay Cosmetics business here that's very part-time. What if while I figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up, I just work this business? And within five months, I was picking up a pink Cadillac. Within a year, I had become number one in the state of Delaware. I offsprang 500 women. So here's what I know. The skills that you possess as a leader, as a human they're transferable. I literally took the same skills that I was operating in my corporate career that got me to vice president in three years. I was doing many of those same things out in entrepreneurship and finding other people who were willing to follow me because they believed in what I believed in and knew that we could do some really powerful things together. So by leveraging my transferable skills, I was able to shift. I did Mary Kay for two years full-time And then I decided that, you know, this has been great, but this is still not what I was born to do. So I decided to start my own company, which I run today. But before it became the amazing, massive Inc. 5000 success that it is today, it was a hot mess. (laughs) And I ended up having to go back to work 
uh, in a nonprofit, not in a corporation. And I was an executive director. And in a very short period of time, the same success was following me. Now backed with out the pressure of how to make this business work, coming back into starting my business full time, I could take those skill sets that I had acquired and had been honing my entire career and leverage them into my own multi-million dollar company, which I get to run today. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that like, you know, as we set on a path, like we think we can do it better, but sometimes it just, you know, it takes learning a few times and building that confidence and that, and combined with the things that you already know to do Mm -hmm. are a very, very powerful thing. Yeah. And being Uh, willing to be vulnerable and transparent that you don't mm -hmm. have it all figured out and it's okay. Like I, I think Mm -hmm. I initially told myself and leaving my good job that if I were going to walk away, there was no way I could fail, but I believe failure is feedback. And so what I was able to do is I was able to scrape up the lessons along the way and reapply them in a way that was much more productive to get the result that I ultimately wanted from the beginning. Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to um, point this out because I usually like uh, point out the fact that um, you're the author of the book. So it's moved to millions and it's the um, it's the subtitle that I actually really appreciate. It, and I'd like to dive in a little bit on. Sure. So the proven framework to become a million dollar CEO with grace and ease instead of hustle and grind. So how did you identify how to bring the grace and ease? Because I think I think that most people really do think that it has to be a hustle and a grind. Yeah. So I got to the million dollar mark for the very first time in 2014. And I absolutely hated it. Allie, I hated it. Like I was, I hated it so much that I thought about going back to work. Mm-hmm. And I, it was this crazy dichotomy because I knew that I was called to operate a business at this level. But I also knew that I hated it and I felt unfulfilled. I felt like a one trick pony. All I could be was my business because I hustled and I grinded to make that million that first time. And I was willing and everyone who's listening, who's ever done anything hustling and grinding, you have to be willing to lose it all. And so I was willing to lose my million dollar company in exchange for finding my own path to peace. Because I knew that, and and I'm a a woman of faith. So I knew that if God was calling me to operate at this level, he had a way for me to do it that wouldn't compromise anything that was important to me. Now, I lost sight of that initially, being fully transparent. I was just like, millions, millions, millions. I got to make these millions. Because I felt like if I did, then I would be validated. All of a sudden, my existence wouldn't matter. And what I realized is that when you chase anything, you not only will you not catch it, it'll take you farther from the path that you are meant to be on. And so by being willing to lose it all, and I lost my million dollar company for three years, we did not operate at the million dollar level and I couldn't have cared less. I found a way to take the foundation of my company and to redesign it, to re-engineer it so that it completely served me. It took me three years to do it. But when I came out on the other side, I had the proven framework. And now I have the book and 42 others that I've helped make the move to millions with grace and ease instead of hustle and grind. Now, I am not suggesting that there will not be work. There will absolutely be work, but you don't have to hustle and grind. The hustle is completely optional. When you learn how to set up systems and strategies that support who you are, support your core values, support your core mission, and to stay true to yourself in alignment, 
you will not only get there, but you'll get there faster than you thought because it's not the strategy or the efforting that makes you millions. It's actually the embodiment and the the capacity to have space for it that actually accelerates how long it takes for you to get there. Um, We opened uh, this episode saying that uh, we're gonna talk about how to leverage your incredible factor. So what is your incredible factor? Yeah, so I have I probably have three incredible okay. factors. And okay. let me define what incredible factor means for everybody out there. So your incredible factor is comprised of three things. Your hot, undeniable gift, the thing that you do that when you show up fully to it, it transforms the lives of other people. It is also your unique value proposition, what makes you different and compelling in the very crowded marketplace. And last but not least, it is how you just own you have this energy of being based on your signature business move and your signature business move is the work that you do that provides a predictable result for the client that you serve and so when we think about my incredible factor and what makes me amazing my hot undeniable gift is i have a way with words i've had a love affair with words since i was 10 years old i got a perfect verbal sat score And I know how to use the correct words to get people to take the actions that you want them to take. That's my hot, undeniable gift. My signature business move is the move to millions method. It is understanding the correct cadence of strategy, sales, system support, and success mindset that brings what it is that you desire for your business into view without you having to compromise or sacrifice anything in the process. And my unique value proposition is that I am able to strategically combine coaching, consulting, mentorship, and spiritual alignment in a way that not only makes you a better CEO, but it makes you a better human. And it makes you want to go out and shake the planet with the level of impact that you bring into the world. Awesome. Thank you. You, I think you do have three for sure. Um, in, in the book, you talk about, uh, mindset messaging and marketing, and that being the triad of business success. So can you explain that further? Sure. Absolutely. Well, your messaging is how you get known. We only know Apple to be computers because that's what they told us, right? So your message is what you have to say over and over as a broken record in a very crowded marketplace, saying the things that no one else is willing to say. Your marketing is how you deploy that message, how you get it in front of the people that you actually want to serve. The marketplace that we live in today is a self-selection marketplace. Back in the day, before we had the internet and we had social media, people were knocking on doors to get your attention about the product that they sold to solve the problem that you had. Well, today, the way we get people's attention is through our messaging and deploying that message in a way that they will see it wherever they are doing life. And then your mindset, it runs through both your messaging and your marketing is because you have to believe that you deserve and are worthy to serve people at the level that you can serve them at the investment that they would be willing to make in order to solve this problem, especially as women like us. I don't know what it is about being a woman. I haven't been able to quite put my fingers on it, but we have low pricing self-esteem. Now, I, now the marketplace and the, the workforce hasn't made it easy for us because we know that there's a such thing as equal payday, where it takes way longer for a woman to make the same amount as a man. And 
we've hungered into that even in entrepreneurship to not charge what we deserve to earn for what it is that we bring to the table. Mindset is the thread that runs through the powerful messaging and the right marketing strategies to give you the confidence and the competence to stand boldly and flat-footed on the gift that you have to solve the problem that your clients have been unsuccessful at solving on their own. When we put this triad together, we really do get an amazing blend of what it is going to take consistently to get you out in front of the client that is willing to invest in themselves through you, your products and your services so that they get the result that they want and you get the revenue that you need in order to change your life, shift generations and actually set up a financial legacy. Um, in that triad, is there one, I'm going to call it like a three-legged stool. Is there one that's most commonly missing? You know, I could answer the question and tell you that all three, like I could make the case for all three be the, to be the thing okay. that's commonly messaging, missing. But what I think more than anything, it's mindset. I believe that 95% of our success is tied to the six inches in between our ears. And until we work on the six inches in between our ears, we will not feel seven figures between our fingers. It's just not likely to happen. We're all contending with the beliefs that are limited that we've been carrying since we were a child. No matter where we were born, what family were, we were born into, we experienced some form of lack, fear, and questioning of who we are that as adults, we're still replaying the tapes on. And until we can learn how to radically dismantle those limiting beliefs and replace them with edifying and affirming beliefs, beliefs that stipulate that we can do anything we set our mind to and that we are worthy and we do deserve it, we will continue to struggle even with an amazing message, even with an amazing marketing mechanism. If we don't believe that we deserve to earn the money that is coming to us, then we will downplay and discount ourselves, even though we've been presented with an amazing opportunity to do some amazing work. Okay. I would have said mindset too, and you just reinforced that. You and I think each three can struggle, but it it starts with mindset entirely. Absolutely. From those thoughts, everything else flows. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, could you share with us kind of the power and impact um, that public speaking has uh, played in your career? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I have been speaking publicly since I was two, okay. as have you, wow. right? Yes. So I think that words have power. The words that we speak over ourselves, the words that we speak over other people, they will lead someone into or out of any possible situation. And so to be a speaker that has the ability to galvanize the words to get people to take action is extremely powerful. And so for as long as I can remember, I really started honing the gift to tell powerful stories, to speak with boldness and confidence, because I know especially because I do spend a, the majority of my time with women, women by and large struggle with confidence for many of the reasons we just talked about, right? And in addition to that, many of us were taught as children that we should be seen and not heard. And so that once we even become adult women, we still struggle at being actually heard. And so as a result of that, we really are challenged often in this dynamic. And so for me, when I think about the power that lies in being able to get in front of a room of people who may only have one common thing and one thing in common, which is they're all in the same place at the same time. 
and to tell a story, to erect a vision, to share an actionable strategy or tip that they could implement and watch all of them experience a transformation, there's nothing better if you ask me. And so personally in my business, I've used the power of speaking in order to grow, right? I've I've made speaking my number where number one lead generator from the beginning. I love to get in a room of people who have the problem that I am an amazing person at solving and actually set them on a trajectory just through using my words mm-hmm. to begin to unearth their next level. I love it. It brings me so much joy. Um, I get standing ovations and when I do it extremely well, I get to do life with some of the people that I connect with in audiences, which is really, really important and powerful for me and the work that I get to do every day. Yeah, that's fabulous. Um, So that is um, a really good example. I mean, I think a lot of organizations have to obviously be public speakers, whether it's from a stage or whether it's from a boardroom or whether it's a face-to-face, you know, when they're, when they're working through sales. So um, did you get any uh, speaking um, I mean, what have you gone through to become an exceptional speaker? Did you just hear Allie, me? <laughs> I've lived life. <laughs> so, like, so seriously, like I'm, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Like, yeah. you know, when I tell my story, typically I start at the beginning, you know, I was, I'm a product of drug addicted parents. Mm-hmm. My mom went to jail when I was eight. I'm the only out of my mother's seven children who graduated from high school, went on to college and I have, you know, an MBA and an honorary doctorate. My life experience and being willing to be vulnerable and transparent to share that with other people. I think one of the biggest mistakes we can make as speakers, as leaders, is to act like we woke up like this. We're not going to transform anyone's life acting like we we haven't been through anything. So being willing to be vulnerable and transparent about my own journey. As an entrepreneur, I filed bankruptcy very early into starting my business because I didn't know what in the world I was doing. And being willing to be vulnerable and transparent, it makes me human to the people that I'm interacting with. And as soon as I become human, then I also become aspirational because I've been able to go through and and experience some of the greatest adversity of my life. I mean, we don't have enough time for me to tell you all the things. They're going to have to get a copy of the book because the book is part memoir and part methodology. And so I do put all of my business inside of the book in an effort to inspire you and just to demonstrate what's possible. I believe that if it can happen for me, it can absolutely happen for you. If you're willing to show up fully and do your work, most of the work will be inner work that will produce the external result. And so when I think about my whole life experience and journey and speaking, in addition to what I've been through, my ability to move a crowd has also been very innate. I remember I was in my late uh, 20s, early 30s, and I had the opportunity to attend two different speaker trainings. And the first speaker training that I attended I was blown away at the teacher at the front of the room telling everybody to do to do things that I had figured out how to do innately. I'd never participated in anything that would tell me how to tell a story, but here I was telling a story in the way that the teacher was saying we should, and the teacher was Les Brown. Yeah. 
So that was just amazing. And then a few years later, I had another opportunity to go through a speaker training. I think that when you desire to lead and you want to make an impact, you recognize that school is never out for the pro. You're always looking for continuing education opportunities. And so I find myself in another room in front of another powerful speaker, and I'm listening to her share what I knew to do innately. And so a lot of what I'm able to do today is my gift. And a lot of it is recognizing and understanding how to connect with people, how to get on their level so that I can lead them to the transformation that's possible for them. And to do it in a way that isn't condescending or bougie, but to do it in a way that allows them to participate in the journey with me so that they can see themselves inside of the solution. And as a result of that, will be willing to put their own guard down because we all come with a healthy amount of judgment and protection and to hear what it is that I am sharing with them so that they can ultimately experience the result that I know is possible for them. Um, earlier in the interview, you shared how you'd made it to a million, you know, by a certain, I don't remember how many years it was in your business, but it was early in your launch. And then, you know, obviously losing, you know, the million going below that mm-hmm. mark. Could you share a couple of things for our listeners to be thinking about? Because I'd say the number one thing that I work with clients to do is to help them figure out how to leverage and scale. Mm-hmm. And so that's the part that I think most organizations really never master. Yeah, I would agree. And and I share your miss- mission. All of our million dollar assets that we talk about in the book, they are called the leverage and scale, whatever. So, Because okay. I believe that if you really want to scale, scaling is not about speed. It's about replication and duplication, right? How quickly can you reduce the amount of time or effort it takes you to achieve a result is really what scaling is all about. And so for someone who's out there who hasn't even started on a journey to millions, they've gotten the thought maybe ruminate in their brain and they're like, hmm, maybe one day I could do that. Two pieces of advice that I would give you right now is number one, if you decide that it is your goal to get to the million dollar mark, spend as much time deciding that that's your goal as you do clarifying your why. I believe that when you know your why, what you do has more impact. And that will be your North Star when you have hard moments, because I promise you, It will be grace and ease, but it won't always be easy. (laughs) There will be days when you want to quit. I mean, there are days when I quit and I just rehire myself the next day. Um, There will be moments, especially as a leader, where you experience challenges as you're managing the efforts of other people. Some days it's not sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes it's a torrential downpour the entire time. That why that you're connected to will give you the power and the courage and the confidence to get up one more time when you're having a bad day. And then the second thing that I would share is as you are looking to move your business to and beyond the million dollar mark, don't start making the move until you know you have a firm foundation upon which to scale. The biggest mistake you can make is to start the journey towards scaling your business without optimized systems, strategies, and people supporting your efforts. You're going to make it so much harder. It's going to be like trying to push a boulder up the hill instead of getting to the top of the hill and literally watching the boulder flow because you did your work on the front end. I believe that doing the work to build the foundation 
not only will it set you up to leverage and scale your business, it's how you sustain it and defy the statistic that says that 78% of the people who get to the seven figure mark never do it again. I don't want you to be a one hit wonder. So build that foundation first and then start your ascent to the million dollar mark. Yeah. When, um, when, you know, I mean, I think, I think you call it a blueprint. I call it a blueprint, you know, having the idea of what's needed in order so that the foundation is strong enough to build on. And once you start to scale, um, if you don't have the systems in place, it just fractures what you have and it breaks apart pretty quickly. So, I mean, you will break your business probably every 90 days to six months. If you don't have a strong foundation. (laughs) Um, yes, it's such, such a, Good point. So I just want to um, come back and highlight the, the book one more time. Um, Move to Millions is out and available at through Amazon, I assume. And um, I will make sure that I have a link inside of the show notes. Um, it's it's just the shelves. So congratulations on your baby and birthing it. Um, who did you write this for? I wrote this book for aspiring million dollar CEOs. I think a lot of us we, we get to six figures and we're like, where's the confetti? Where are the trumpets? Why haven't the heavens opened? We quickly realize that a low six-figure business is small business poverty. And you might not use those words, but those are my words. And we realize that we really can't live the life that we quit our good job for on low six figures a year. I believe that a million dollar company is the floor, not the ceiling. And so I wrote this for every aspiring million dollar CEO that's out there, whether you're at 300,000, a half a million, or you're just leaving your job wanting to start your business. I want you to learn from the mistakes that I made when I left my corporate career without a plan, without a framework, without a blueprint. So I've literally created it. I wrote the book on it and I give you everything you need to know, regardless of the business model and the industry that you are in. That's what I love about the Move to Millions method. It is business agnostic, no matter what kind of business you have, if you're not looking at your strategy, your sales, your systems, your support, and your success mindset, and the success mindset of your people, you will not scale to and sustain a million-dollar company. And so pick this book up if you've got million-dollar aspirations and learn step-by-step exactly what you're going to need to do and get in place in order to be able to make it happen. This is not one of those books where I try to lead you down a rabbit hole to get other things in order to get the answer. The answer is in the book. I purposely wrote the book that way. I did not want to write a bait and switch kind of book because I know I can't work personally with every single person that I want to impact as a part of my mission. And I wanted there to be an amazing resource that could be in every entrepreneurial professional library that when you decide you're ready to start the move to millions, you could get everything in place so that as you move, not only will it support you, but you'll be able to sustain it to and beyond your wildest dreams. Awesome. I um, just want to wish you congratulations again on the book and um, it is chock full of really good content. So encourage listeners to check out the show notes and, um, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's been truly a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much, Allie. I appreciate it. Thank you.